Oh, fuck, guys. Welcome to another brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian. And I'm Ty. I'm Jackson. And wow, I am so fresh from a concert right now that I still have my over 21 band on. That is how I just went from the show straight to this show. So let's just get right into it because it's late and everyone's been waiting for this show to come out. Right now, let's go to news. That's right. It is news time. So, Ty, how about you start us off right away? All right. So, according to AlternativePress.com, the band Death Cab for Cutie throws shade at Donald Trump in form of a song titled Million Dollar Loan, which you can check out on YouTube. Now, what I'm surprised about is how can people be able to make fun of someone like Donald Trump? <laughs> it's so incredible. <laughs> Donald Trump just keeps uh, giving us debate and we keep taking it and... Everybody just runs with it. I've never heard him say anything wrong. I've never <laughs> seen him do anything wrong. I just can't believe this, Ty. How dare Death Cab for Cutie come out after 20 years of no new music and all of a sudden throw shade at Mr. President Donald Trump? I just don't get it. Uh, Was there well, enough hey, sarcasm hey, in there well, for everyone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever oh. Donald Trump has to do to bring Death Cap Acuity out of so-called retirement or hiatus to make a song slandering him, then so be it. Well then, Ty, what did you think of the song? I thought the song, it was it was pretty good, but I think it's more like a, not really an aggressive uh, slander of Donald Trump, but it's more laid-back, alternative indie rock, the way that Death Cap Acuity can do it. It's pretty much describing how he got the million-dollar loan from his father Remember, though, just just a little thing here. Slander is the action or crime of making a false spoken statement to damage a person's reputation. Just so you know. So remember. Yeah, alleged slander. Yeah, remember. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be slander if it's true. That's all I'm saying. It is. <laughs> uh, Definitions. Jackson, did you get a chance to listen to this? I did, and I just want to quote one lyric from the song that I thought was very funny, because I remember when the whole Trump running for president thing first came out, one of his interviews was like, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I really had it rough when I was growing up. I only had about a small loan of a million dollars from my father, and I remember that went, like, hugely internet famous. So Death Cab for Cutie made sure that they put the quote in their song, every ascension to a throne starts with a million dollar loan. Uh, now, if that's not a badass line, I don't know what is. I feel bad for him because I had a $3 million loan, so I completely oh, yeah. understand. And all we got is this podcast. That's it. That's right. <laughs> that's what we got. We got like three podcasts out of this. That's yep. all where the money went. <laughs> all right. Very nice. Not syndicated yet. We may have sponsors soon. Who knows? Ooh. No, it's really just people yeah. that give me free shit. I'm going to talk about them on the show. All right, counterparts drummer Kelly Balan allegedly gets kicked out for domestic violence. So doing my research allegedly. on this, yeah, allegedly. Doing my research on this, I did see that counterparts have made a statement probably almost a month ago saying that he had been kicked out of the band or that he had left the band, whatever it happened to be, and that he was replaced with, I think, one of their techs or something that had been traveling with them for a long time. So like another member of the family, basically. The story that Lambgoat has is the story of his, I guess, ex-girlfriend who now has a, 
you know, alleged restraining order against him. So that's kind of where this story is. So it's her side of the story, but it's still not the guy's side of the story, and it's still not counterparts saying that they kicked him out of the band for said allegations. So it's possible that it was something else, but most likely it's the actual, if, that, if that's true, if that story is true, if she has a restraining order on him, all that kind of stuff, then most likely that'll be the reason. Yeah, it's pretty much one-sided at this point. So whatever time the band decides to come out with their side of the story, we'll definitely put two and two together. Absolutely. And I think the thing that we want to say, especially with what the next story I think as well, is that if you're in some type of abusive relationship, try your best to get out as quick as possible. We know it can be very, very difficult. And sometimes it's easier said than done, of course. You know, all those cliches. But... Really, for your health, for the health of everyone, it is better to get out of those relationships quicker. Yeah, that'll be our main thing. The star goes across, the more you know. Save yourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I will say one uh, thing. Of course, you, first of all, would feel bad for the woman. If this is a true story, but it is an alleged rumor that no one is certain. But I will say that our scene is like really big. On the domestic violence stuff, we've seen stuff like this happen with Front Porch Step. Um, It kind of happened with Neck Deep for a bit. Whenever something like this happens, it blows up immediately. And I don't remember the exact timeline when the drummer actually got kicked out. But I feel like if it was for a domestic violent reason, that would have been said immediately. So you never really know, but you you, you hope for the best. It's possible, but there's something in the back of my mind telling me that's not the situation. But then again... No one really likes to come up with this kind of stuff. And if you do, then you have serious issues, but you hope that's not the case. Right. Yeah, and and to take it off on a complete tangent, I don't know if either of you have had a chance to watch this, but I had a little bit, a very, very small amount of free time, and I was flipping through Netflix, and I saw the Amanda Knox story. I don't know if either of you guys had a chance to watch that documentary or not, but... Never heard of it. I've seen it around before. It's actually her doing the interviews in there, and same with the guy as well. But the person who looks the worst in that documentary is the journalist. You know, I'm going to say that actually should be quotes, quote-unquote journalist in the movie. He's such a piece of garbage, I don't even want to say his name. But the way he was sensationalizing the story and running away and making things up and it was just it was nuts like if you watch it you'll see how hateable he is when he first starts talking about people's lives and about the murder and how great it was that the media was able to oh it's it's crazy so you never know stories can be taken way out of proportion people can be lying you really never know so it's always good to get everyone's side but the hope is that especially if this was true that the woman got to safety. She has everything lined up correctly with the police and everything so that she never gets hurt again. Agreed. Great. So I guess, Ty, if you want to take us to the next story that's still in the same vein, unfortunately, as this, and that way we can get past all this. Yeah, indie rock band Beach Slang from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, kicks out their guitarist amid allegations of sexual assault. This comes in light of the recent allegations against presidential candidate Donald Trump and his controversial comments from 2005 regarding having the power to grab women's private parts just because you're a star you could do whatever you want whoa we took a massive turn there 
than I thought we were. <laughs> I never thought yeah, that story I, was going to come up on the show. Yeah, yeah that, that's another thing I don't understand about these bands. Is like, if you want to interact with your fans, why not just talk to them? Why, the, why just result to sexually assaulting them when it's not even uh, consensual? Well, I, I think one thing is I don't think it's sexual assault if they are consenting. We'll say that's one thing, right? And then the other thing is, so once again, this is all alleged because it even says it in the title that he was dropped due to allegations, right? He was dropped due to allegations, so we'll say alleged because I think what I read in the story was this actually happened like four years ago, somewhere around there too. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what the story says is that Mm -hmm. now he's been dropped after they found out about the allegations. Damn, man. A little too much. Yeah, I hate that this is like, I think the third or fourth time we've done a a news article about this kind of situation with all different bands. Oh, yeah. You really just hate to hear that and see that. And hopefully things get better. I mean, it's not even really just in the music scene. This is just something that's popping up everywhere nowadays. And it even hits places like our scene. And this is another example of it. It's very, very unfortunate. We're laughing at having to bring up another story about it. Like on the same week, there are right. more and more shit, stories. Shit, Tom. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I, I completely forgot that guy's real name, by the way. Yeah, it's just Shit Timothy. <laughs> yeah, Shit Timothy. <laughs> what, what was even the band? It's what something a piece cute, of garbage. Cute is what we aim for. Cute is what we, yeah. <laughs> there really is a problem. I don't understand people. I don't understand people that would ever want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with them like i don't understand the assault thing i don't i i just i don't get it i don't know how that stuff happens i don't know why it happens i wish people talked about it more i think that's the reason why we still do the stories is so people understand how wrong it is and how it's not normal i guess is the better way to say is it shouldn't be normal so it's something that has to be reported it's something that has to be changed like, that's why we still bring the stories up. You know, it's part of this music scene, unfortunately. I think it's part of every music scene. I don't right. think it's just limited to all the stuff we cover. I'm sure there are plenty of other stories, unfortunately, that people are covering on other, you know, podcasts and shows and whatnot. But yeah, it's very unfortunate. But, you know, one thing we do here is we bring you the news. So we kind of have to talk about this stuff. So really, we started very much on a down, on a downer, and we will. <laughs> You know, we'll bring up the pace, we'll bring up the excitement, but remember, if something like this is happening to you or someone you love, someone you know, make sure to tell someone and stop it as soon as possible because it's just so unhealthy and very, very dangerous and things can get way out of hand and why even do this? Life's too long to deal with this shit. Totally agree. It's it's not something... And another reason why we have to talk about it as well, it's it's... It's not just something that happens in movies or TV. This is real life stuff that everyone needs to be aware of. And you can't feel like, oh, well, I'm so secluded from those certain situations that that doesn't happen. Right. Well, that's not the case. It can be anywhere. And, you know, even a a genre as small as like what we listen to, you might say it, it happens everywhere a lot more than people would like. And sometimes it's all about just raising awareness and starting the conversation. Very true. All right, guys, let's move on to some actual fun things and some interesting things. And I think the thing that people have been waiting for since last episode 
is to find out from Jackson. Oh my god. How was that epic twenty one pilots live show on SNL? First of all, I'm gonna say I legitimately see I see that the topic is up here on our little doohickey screen to talk about and I really thought we were gonna skip this. No. But I guess I guess we're talking about it. Of course we are. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say I did not watch it. So I don't know if you're proud of me or disappointed in me. I'm disappointed in you for lying on our show. (laughs) Well, I had a long think and think to myself about it, and I just (laughs) said, you know what? I don't need that. I don't need it. So I didn't do it. I didn't watch it. No. And I haven't even thought about it. So you guys... uh, He had a long think. I had a long think. What what is it? A long conversation? Or... Hmm. A lengthy thought process with myself. Okay? While listening to Coldplay. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they did good without Jackson's uh, viewership. I don't oh, know. Yeah. See, for me, if I was home on Saturday night, I always turn the channel when pop songs come on. So, you know, uh-huh. especially with SNL. Click. See. Click. I don't know if anyone didn't see from last episode, October 8th, I was actually at the Alisana Freya Wings of Vanity and Wings tour that Ian is not going to be attending, so I like make how, fun of him and not me. Boom. And you can, you I'm can, flipping it. but I also didn't say the name of the tour incorrectly either, which you just did. <laughs> I so, said it wrong no, last time. Too. I know. That's what, so I you're butcher a, that name every time. You're a liar now. You're a liar then. On that episode, just, you specifically awful. said that you were going to TiVo it. I did, and then and I didn't watch thought it. to myself, you know what? I don't have to do that. All right. <laughs> I'm like Ty says, I'm going to be the bigger man, and I'm going <laughs> to skip that shit. And that's what I did. I like 21 Pilots' music, but I'm not like a fanboy that is like, oh my oh, god, they're on TV. Sorry. I got to go catch them on TV. Uh, Jackson, Jackson, that's, Jackson. That's Ty, Ty, you know what's great? Is we have made fun of him so much on the show for this that he's actually changing his opinion no. of 21 Pilots. <laughs> because you know he would have watched it if we had not made fun of him. He would have watched yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we would have seen it on uh, his um, Twitter, his social media, yeah. tweeting about it, saying, oh, Jack 21 Pilots was great on Saturday Night Live, and he wouldn't be saying it with us right now. It'd be a whole bunch of thumbs-up emojis and smiley faces all sent to the oh two guys. <laughs> <laughs> would you guys even be talking about 21 Pilots or Coldplay ever if I wasn't on the show? No. I, I, literally, they would never come up. <laughs> To Except give it to you, I would, def- press. <laughs> I would give it to you that much on Coldplay just because of the rush of blood to the head. I'm, I would talk about that. But certain songs with 21 Pilots, I would definitely would do. I think only like two songs by them. So, yeah, I would definitely bring them up or reference them in some way, shape, or form. Good. So, Jackson, what you're saying is you didn't. <laughs> so you didn't. I knew that was coming. No, I did not. Watch it. I love that. (laughs) Is that the button that says Jackson on it? It is. I knew it. Yep. All right. So none of us watched it, so we can't report on it. I'm sure it was amazing. I'm sure it was awesome. Oh, yeah. SNL is always known for their live acts. So, yep. (laughs) (laughs) They're as good as their jokes. It works out very well. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Political humor. All right. So let's move on to new songs. Yes, yes, yes. It is time for new songs. What? 
This is crazy. It's oh another God. one of Jackson's favorite bands. <laughs> How did this happen? Jackson, hey, this is Jackson's week, man. I know. Oh, yeah. You want to talk I'm just going to go ahead and take it. <laughs> go I'm going to go ahead and take it. Do it. Attila released a new song called Bulletproof, and I hate it. It's awful. What? It's awful. That's crazy. Lies. I'm sure Jackson was excited to hear Franz's clean vocals for the very first time and all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I hope Jackson would have liked it because it's all lies he's spreading right now. Oh, shots fired. Look, 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 look. The song is terrible. Wow. I'm sorry. Now, but I was I was impressed with Franz's somewhat singing voice he had in there. I thought that was cool and new, but the song was just bad. Like it had that one moment where the, with the little chorus where he sang, but it's just that one line that I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then right when that line is done, it's back to shit. I really don't like the song. <laughs> I think it's the worst song they've released on the album. I wow. really do. The only one I like is Ignite. I think the thing I have to say to you is take a shot. It all bounces off. That's what Franz has oh to say gosh. to you. Just saying. Uh, ha, ha, ha. I'm sure Franz has a lot to say to me if he ever heard our show. <laughs> well, last time he hugged you, so it's all good. Yeah, true. I bet you if he heard me, he, I mean, if you really think about it, every single song he talks about the same damn thing. Oh. So he dedicates basically every song to me if you get technical. It's I'm just... what he would call a hater or a opinionated bitch or whatever he <laughs> calls it in every single song. It's just like every Coldplay song talks about shit. We can't get off that for one minute. <laughs> so I will say that I did not mind this song. I didn't think it was amazing. One of our listeners, one of our haters out there messaged me when the song came out and said I had to listen to it. I don't think it's as amazing as he, as he thought it was. I think it was their most radio-friendly song they've ever put out. And True. I think this is what Of Mice and Men were trying for but failed miserably at. That's what I would say. This song sounds very new metal-ish. You know, and by the way, the only reason why I brought Of Mice and Men up is because they're going to come up later. So I'm just starting it right now because it's definitely coming up later. There's no doubt about it. Because we're going to talk about yeah. Dayshell. Yeah, good plug. Yeah, so of uh... course... Yeah, so of course it's going to come up, so might as well get the shots in while we can. You know? <laughs> okay. I'm really glad uh, you said that. I thought I was the only one. Oh, no, no. We have some stuff to talk about with that. So, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> but what I also want to say for Attila is guitar solos like, what? Where'd that come from? The I don't guitar know if, solos are back. Yeah, I, it's been a long time, right? Yeah, too long. Too long. So look, I'm not saying this was groundbreaking. Like, we're fucking with Jackson because it's fun. It's not amazing. It's not anything groundbreaking or anything. But I would say that this is their most different song they've ever had, probably. True, true. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, Jackson says the bad, bad thing. thing. I, yeah. <laughs> I say good thing because to hear Franz use his vocals other than just fast, high-pitched rapping, death metal growls, and to hear him sing, it's a definite plus. So it's nothing really... Like you said, it's not really groundbreaking, but it's definitely uh, a fresh twist on what they have already been doing since years ago. Jackson, can you do me a favor? Can you tell us when the new Attila album comes out? Can you check your email for your merch bundle pre-order? 
I thought you were serious. I was actually thinking, like, when does that shit come out? I don't even know. And I usually know when I'm, I'm almost 100% sure it's October 28th. It's not. Um, You're wrong. Really? Yeah, it's. What is it? It's November 4th. Well, it doesn't matter. It okay? doesn't matter. Let's see. You were supposed to, like, interrupt right, me and say right. that. Yes. <laughs> so, for anyone that doesn't know, for anyone who loves Bulletproof and the other singles, Chaos, the new Attila album, comes out on November 4th. Oh. Is it Stasic or a Sharp Tone? Sharp Tone. Sharp Tone. Sharp Tone. Yep. Stasic so there you go. is Franz's clothing line. Oh, well, maybe it's it's also it's... record label, too. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah he's you. right. So, yeah, but it is Sharp Tone. Yeah, Sharp Tone. All right. So, enough Attila then. Jackson can move on. He can be happy. Here's something, here's something you can be happy about, Jackson. What did you think of the new Wolves at the Gate track, Asleep? I loved it. Me too. I thought it was a definite upgrade from... I liked Flickering Flame, the last single. Yeah. But this one is way better. And I did have good hopes for the album when I heard Flickering Flame. Mm-hmm. But now I have even bigger anticipation for the album after hearing Asleep. Yep. And I think everyone feels that way. Because if you look at things like the comments section or certain reviews I on this not. single... Oh, well, they're <laughs> much more positive. Like, gotcha. Flickering Flame got good, you know, sayings and everything, but Asleep just brought it to the next level. And they're kind of sounding more like an old, like, what they used to sound like. Not to, like, a back then, Wolves at the Gate, but just the original blueprint Wolves at the Gate that we all know. Yes, I can see that Which is what everyone sure. really likes. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I really, really enjoyed the transition of the clean to unclean vocals. Like it was almost like they were on completely different tracks the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. It just sounded really great the way everything melded together. So I would definitely recommend this track for sure. I agree. So the new Wolves at the Gate full album called Types and Shadows comes out, guess when? November 4th. Oh, oh. yeah. It'll cover up the shit that Chaos <laughs> is going to be What? Did I say that out loud? That was, oh, fuck, my bad. Yeah, Jackson's going to have a hard time deciding in between albums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, just want the, I just want the watch it part. You got to fix that. I know, I'll fix it. By the way, no one think that I am not going to listen to Chaos front to back. I will give it a shot oh. regardless right. of what I think so far. That is what we I do on the say, show. It, I mean, I hate to go back to Attila, but I just really you had high it. expectations for this album. Before the singles came out, <laughs> and that's well, they had that, that they all went. They had the sh- sneak peek on their uh, the Sharp Tone Records Instagram. Yeah, they do actually. They have a preview, I think, of every track on their Instagram. I forgot to say that. I guarantee you, it's better than Cold World. Guarantee it. Well, let's see. No comment. <laughs> I'm just gonna not say anything about that. Ty, why don't you take this next new song? All right, the next new song is. A band from Long Island, New York called In Loving Memory, and they dropped a YouTube video of their Starboy cover originally done by The Weeknd. And I had a chance to work with these guys at a backyard show I worked sound for back in August. And nice guys, very professional, very good energetic live set. And I really, really dug the cover, even though I'm not a fan of Punk Goes Pop covers anymore. You're not a cover person. Yeah, but this one definitely had me grooving the entire time. I thought it was dope. I was surprised at how much swearing there was. Well, I was surprised that he actually said the N-word in the song. Yeah, like a whole N- bunch of times. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'm not allowed to sing along to this song anymore. 
no yes, idea. I'm surprised no one even caught the N-word in the, to- in the times that he says it in the song. Well, the question is, so did he add that or did the, does The Weeknd have that in their tracks? The Weeknd has it because he's a black dude who sings the song. See, I had no idea because The Weeknd blows. So I would not have expected him. He's actually really good, man. I, he's look, actually really good. He's, he's a talented singer. I don't like the pop no instrument thing. I'll never like that. So I think he's talented at being a vocalist. But every time that I've seen, like he does SNL a bunch of times. And anytime I've seen him do something, there are no instruments whatsoever. And I don't like that. Oh, that, that I didn't know. Oh, yeah, it's no instruments, and that's, I can't, I can't do it. I have to have instruments with my stuff. All right, I'll give you that. Otherwise, I feel like I'm watching The Voice or American Idol. <laughs> Just can't I'm do it. I'm not going to say yeah, anything the, about it. Yeah, the cover is dope. The cover is dope. Wait, say it again, Jackson? I say I'm not going to say anything regarding The weekend because if I say that I like it, you guys might roast me and continue oh, it for the next Ty. 55 episodes. He likes so The weekend. Gonna... Oh, I knew it. Uh, but hey, if you don't like The weekend, you don't like The weekend. So, hey. Hey, I'm always, Everybody... I'm always working for The weekend. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Look at, look, at, look at Ian. That's what I need. I need a, Moving on. I need a rim shot thing here. No, by the way, just a, an extra segment is I would love for Jackson, maybe like a special edition or something. For him to make a list of his top 10 favorite pop bands or top 10 favorites that would get him made fun of. Something something like that. Maybe we should all do it. Maybe we should all go ahead and make a list. Because I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one right now. I'll make this a little fairer. I love, and I only know two songs of hers, but I love Carly Rae Jepsen. I think Call Me Maybe. I think Call Me Maybe is a masterpiece song. They took okay. everything. No, I, you know I don't think that. I don't think Masterpiece. But I will tell you, if that fucking song comes on somewhere that I happen to be, I'm going to dance around a little bit. Hoodie's coming uh, off. No, the hoodie's never come off. <laughs> the hoodie's never come off. A little fourth wall yeah. breaking here. Ian and Ian, if you like the original song, song, you probably like the, uh, the Animal and Me covers too as well. I like that. I also like the Punk Goes Pop cover by, I think it's Upon the Dawning. I think they it do. Upon the Donnie and uh, the Animal and Me covered that too as well. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I agreed with you. Okay. I heard that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, right. I, I'm a big fan because I am a mark for covers. And that's why I like this cover as well uh, that we were originally talking about in Loving Memory. Mm-hmm. I did like this cover because I like it when you take a song where there are rarely any instruments or there's no distortion or whatever it happens to be and make it more into our genre. I am a big fan of that. Yeah, I used to like it back in the day too, but I haven't really listened to any pop, screamo, punkos pop covers that much anymore. Breaking news, I believe, and I think I saw this a week ago or so, I think the next Pop Goes is coming out soon, and I think it's on like television series shows, like the songs, yeah, 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 like the songs of television shows. I don't know how they're going to pull that off, and I could have read it wrong, but I think it's Pop Goes Punk Series. So, Jackson's excited. I know. Jackson is shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so fucking excited. What song? Where's so, I've ever yeah. seen Jackson's dropped. Well, Jackson. I want to t- see a metalcore band cover SpongeBob SquarePants or some shit. That'd be ah, sick. There you go. Okay. I was going to ask you, what show are you most looking forward to? Just imagine the beginning sequence of someone saying, oh, Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. And then the fucking bass just doom. And then an immediate drop. I mean, dude, I, the potential. I, you know what? I might fucking do it. 
I don't know if I've seen an episode of SpongeBob. Sorry. That's no, I, I. I would. I would like to hear a Punkos Pop cover of the Full House um, theme song. I swear, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I would go with Boy Meets World. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> this yes. is good. We need to make a list for this. We we just got a new bit. Yeah, and also back to you said we. I need to make a top ten list of bands I listen to outside the genre. You'd probably be pretty surprised. I could probably make like a top five list, but I don't think I can do ten. Well, five five would probably work. I mean, what I we already 10. know: Twenty One Pilots, The Weekend, Coldplay. So that only leaves two more. See, but I don't even really like The Weekend. I just like like two songs by him. I would really have to think hard about the last three bands. But my first two would be Coldplay, Twenty One Pilots. I can't think of anyone else. Well, you get working on that. I would have to think that. long and hard about that one. I'm gonna have to look at my recently added on my phone. Maybe hey oh. Kanye West. Ooh. Yeezy. Oh oh. I'll, I'll give you a. I'll give you one, just one, and I'll leave off the two. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Oh. Oh shit! Hey, she's no, hot, no. man. She's Lana hot. Del Rey. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, have, fuck her. I first, love Lana Del Rey. Her first of all, music. are you saying? Oh, did you shit. say she's hot as an attractive tie? Yes. Yeah. She, uh, Lady Gaga's hot. Have you seen the uh, fifth season of American Horror Story? Lady Gaga is attractive. I'm with Tyler. I don't know. I'm back to being shocked Thank again. You. This is crazy. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is craziness. She is hot. Lady Gaga is hot, Ooh. but Lana Del Rey, not so much. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know. When I bring up someone like Carly Rae Jepsen, and then all of a sudden you say someone like Lady Gaga's hot, like just the comparison between the two. Carly Rae Jepsen's oh, hot, too. What? Don't get me wrong. But I just like Lady Gaga a lot more because she has a, a very, very dark personality beneath her, and I like that. Because you want to be beneath her? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> we were in new singles, by the way, everybody. I don't know how we got. I know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, we, we'll get back. Okay. This is our final new single. It's Enter Shikari with Hoodwinker. What did you guys think? Yeah, that this uh, song, that's definitely a very surprising song because I was expecting a lot of electronic core throughout the song. But surprisingly, yeah. I don't hear not one ounce of electronic chord in the song. And I'm like, yes, finally. Enter Shikari is fucking heavy. Well, they have some very heavy tracks throughout their discography, but it's few and far between. I lost track of them a little while ago. I did not listen to the Mind Sweep, so I don't really know. And I didn't listen to the other one, Hospitalized or whatever. I think it's a continuation or something. Like, I never the listened Red to that. Flash. I, uh, the red triangle one. I listened to A Flash Flood of Color, and there are a couple uh, yeah. choice tracks off that one. But really, what got me with them, and I know I've talked about it on the show, but it was the one where they do not like playing their old stuff. They don't like Take to the Skies. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. So when a band's like that, it's harder for me to continue following their newer music. So I still thought this song was very Enter Shikari, but without the electronics. That's the thing I liked about it because I think it's me finally saying like, yes, they finally realized that the electronic chorus played out and they're going some other place with their music. And I definitely love the track and I look forward to whatever new music they're coming out with. Same here. There we go. I think that's short to the point because it's only one track anyway. So we'll, yep. we'll find out when new music comes out and I'm sure we'll continue to cover it. Maybe I'll get back into them. It's a possibility. You will. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, hey, oh. All right, we're moving on to the next segment.
Oh, yeah. All right. So I am going to kind of sandwich this one because I actually have two shows to talk about, okay? So that way we'll get to Jackson who has a show as well. But I'm going to start off right now with a shorter review. I went last week, and I think I talked about this on the show as well. I went last week to see Movements, Have Mercy, and This Wildlife. I went to see that show. The main thing I want to get across was the layout of the concert was so fucking weird. I couldn't believe it. So there were so many under-21s, they had to segregate the under-21s from the over-21s that were getting alcohol. So there's a little step up at the venue, and it's a very small area where the second bar is. So they closed down the entire first floor bar, which is a long setup, and then opened up the second bar that's only like two steps up on the other side and it's a smaller area and you couldn't leave that area with any alcohol. That's how many under 21s there were at the show for this wildlife. Wow. Yeah, I have never been to a show that has done that before. It was crazy. Ever in my whole life has anyone ever segregated. I felt like I was a smoker. Like I felt like <laughs> I had to be kept away from the regular population. It was very strange. So that's the Poor first Ian. thing. I, it was weird. It was like, so then movements came on, and I really like movements. I think they're a very good band. I'm looking forward to when they have another album coming out. But they had an incident, too, where the security guards were way, way, way worked up for some reason. And there was a guy, there are no signs in this venue about crowd surfing. And there was a guy who wanted to go crowd surfing and it looked like the security guards were kind of roughing him up a little bit and the lead singer from movements had to yell at them and be like what's the deal like why are you doing this and i like it when a band stands up for them sometimes bands don't understand what's going on but this is a smaller venue too so i'm sure he saw exactly what these guys were doing it just didn't make any sense the whole night had a very weird feeling to it. The whole segregation of alcohol and then the security guards, like there were way more than there normally were. It's very strange. It didn't sell out, so I don't know why all the hullabaloo. How do you like that? That was good, right? Was it like a bad spot? Like a no, bad no, no. part of town? This is a normal this this was the venue that I wanted to go see Dance Gavin Dance at. Like this is a venue that I go to all the time. Oh. Yeah, that's why it was so weird. I'd never seen it like that before. So very, very, very strange. But that was the first band. So Movements is good. Have Mercy came on. Now, I'd never seen Have Mercy live. He has a very unique voice. Like, it's a fun band, but eh. I was just like, it's fun, but there wasn't a whole lot of energy. Like, it was more for people that knew their music. That's the way you're really mm-hmm. going to enjoy the show. But being a new person, you're not going to be like, oh, I have to go listen to them. That's kind of the way I felt for it. And then This Wild Life comes on, and I listened for <laughs> two songs, maybe? <laughs> two songs? And then I left because I was falling asleep. Fucked up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, if not I was cool. there, if I was there in a relationship with a girl, and I took her to see it, like we could hold each other tight and like sway back and forth and listen to the music. But I'm a grown adult who doesn't have a lady friend right now, so it really didn't work for me, you know. So I just I pieced out. I had yeah, to work on the show. Change. I had to work on the show anyway. So actually, you guys should be thanking me that the show actually came out on time because I came home. Excuses. Just saying, actually, you know what? I deserve a little bit of this. I better not thank be applause. You. It's applause. Thank you, thank you. 
I'm not saying that this wildlife is bad. I'm not saying that they aren't talented. It's just not a show that I would ever have to go see live. That's all. I don't agree. <laughs> Thank you. I've seen them live by myself like two times before, and it is fun. You're well, crazy. You must have felt really refreshed afterwards. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think the last time I seen this wildlife was at Warp Tour, and it was still what? pretty much like early, like 11 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So everybody was still like after they wake up and have breakfast and all this other stuff, excited to see bands. So I think it was a very perfect timing for their set to come. So you eat a little food, you take a little nap, you're all refreshed and ready to go for the other bands. Yeah. <laughs> do you like the song Sleepwalking by Bring Me the Horizon? I do. And that's the song they covered. Yeah, they cover that song like every set list. So you should have stuck around for that. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> worth my time. Shame on you. Shame, 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 shame on me. Shame, shame. I couldn't do it. It's Plus, whatever, it was, it was a weird whatever. night. It was a weird night anyways. Jackson, lift this up. Give us a good show. All right. I got the green light to fuck this up. Let's do this. <laughs> so first, we're going to start off with I attended the Alisana. I'm not going to say the name of the tour because I know I'm just going to mess up the name. Uh-huh. Tour. On Frail Wings of Vanity and Wax Tour. Or 10 years there of Vanity and Wax Tour. Do a little tour. editing. Make it seem like I said it. Never. Even, we're just going to leave it like that. <laughs> um, so to start off the show was a band called Two O'Clock Charades. And it okay. was more like an alternative kind of band, kind of like Movements. And it was a pretty good show. I, I thought it was pretty good. I don't really know what much to say about them because I honestly didn't even know they were going to be playing. They were the first band after all the local bands got done, and I was like, oh, okay, I thought artwork was starting it off. Right. But no, it was them. Took me by surprise. It wasn't of our music, so I kind of just swept it to the side. It, it was okay. It was fun to watch, but nothing I can catch myself listening to outside. Sure. Then we move on to artworks, which is... I'm pretty sure Revival Records' newest signing. Yes. Right. And they do have an EP coming out on the 14th, I believe, which we will discuss later. We will. And they do have that single out, Black and White. Very good. Everyone check it out. But anyways, the show, it was a great show. I will say artwork, their vocalist is really talented. He has a really good voice. And I was kind of worried that whenever... You hear those singers with the high-pitched voices. When you hear them like on your phone or on TV or anything, you expect them to not sound like that in real life. Sure. But he did. He had the same exact voice live as he does anywhere else. So I was really impressed with that. And they put on a pretty great show. Oh, good. Now, moving on to Famous Last Words, who oh, just released The Incubus. yeah. Oh, my God. They killed it. Nice. It was so good. I mean, they played so many songs off the Incubus, which I did not expect. They played um, Maze in my mind. I think that's yeah. what the name of the song. It's something about a maze. Um, they played <laughs> Pretty in Porcelain. And they played um, The Judge. Oh, nice. And I believe after that, they played Bury My Burdens. I'm not sure. Fuck, yeah. But more than 50% of their set list was the Incubus. So that was really cool. But they started off the set list with The Show Must Go On. Oh, yeah. And that just got everybody going. I mean, to start it off with that, killed it. Did they play Lust of the Lost by any chance? No. Okay. Just checking. I really thought they were, to be honest with you. Because I remember in the conversation yeah. you had with JT, you mentioned how that was your favorite song. Yeah. And I don't know why, but for some strange reason, I'm like, well, shit, he's got to play it live then. Oh, of course. Yeah, whatever <laughs> Ian says goes on. Yeah, whatever Ian says, you got to do it. <laughs> 
I wish, man. I wish. <laughs> but no, he didn't. But JT Tallis is such a talented singer. And I'm not saying that because he was on the show or because the album is great. <laughs> he really is talented. And oh, yeah. you have to notice that when you see him live, whether you like the band or not, you have to give props to JT on how good of a vocalist he is. The way he transitions from screaming clean to his normal screams is crazy. Right. And I do remember in the interview he was talking about how the bandmates help him sometimes with the screams that he can't transition quickly. I thought that would be almost every transition would be the band helping, and it was not the case. He oh. does 90% of it. He is so talented. So props to him, props to the band, and I definitely picked up a CD. Very nice. By the way, that's a good question. Does yours say special edition on yours? No, I wish it did. Motherfucker. Merch now, no, Merch now fucked up my order. I look, I'm not going to they have a lot of things that they're doing like they're they're in charge of pretty much like every band in our scene, but my order is completely screwed up because it says that the special edition first of all it says it on the album, but then also there's a bonus track and I need to hear what that fucking bonus track is. So unless <laughs> like unless there's something different that I'm missing and it's just the 12 tracks that we've talked about already. Something is missing. I didn't get the right album. So I need no, to have that I one. I think you were supposed to get something else. I think the special edition even came with like artwork, didn't it? Yeah, like and I didn't get artwork something? either. Yeah, so I definitely have okay, to. Okay, so that's an issue then. Yeah, yeah you have to do something about that. Seriously. The next band is O Sleeper. They're a oh, band yeah. from Fort Worth, Texas. And <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I hate to say it, but I feel like it might come as a surprise. They had the best show of the night. Wow. They put on the best performance. They only had three band members, and they destroyed it. They All they had was the singer-slash-guitarist, Shane Blay, mm-hmm. who also was in Woven War. They had their screamer, and they had the drummer. Wow. And that's all they had. They didn't have their bassist, and they didn't have their secondary guitarist. Damn, son. And they had this light show going on with them. They killed it. Very nice. They really did. Man, they played two new songs, actually, because they're kind of a DIY band right now. Yeah. So they don't really announce things as much as you'd like, but they are working on a new album now. And I do hear that it's coming out early 2017 or mid-2017. Okay. So that is definitely something to look forward to. But other than that, the show, amazing. Awesome. Now, to the band of the tour, Fuck yeah. Playing that one certain album of which I cannot name. (laughs) I'll let you guys take that one. I'm not even going to bother anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they played that that album from first track to last track in order. And Love it. it was sick. Um, they've been around for so long. They still got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Mike's vocals, incredible. Um, Dennis's screams are still so raw and good. And he is absolutely insane on stage. Yes, he is. I was so impressed. That was the first time I saw Alisana legitimately. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Oh, because that first, first time, time I saw yeah. them was at South by So What. Right. Yeah, I told you about that. Yeah, and the, he uh, didn't he mention that on the conversation I had with him too, right? Yeah, yep. that's so funny. They've been a band for so long, and he mentioned with on the conversation with Ian that that's only happened to them like twice, where the mic fucks up, so yeah. he just pretends. To sing, and it just so happened to be the one that it was my first time seeing them live. That's crazy. That's crazy. But no, but that did not happen this time. That's awesome. Now I'm assuming they came out and did more after the album, right? I was hoping for more. They only did one more. Did they do Annabelle? And it was an encore. 
No, but oh. it was off the Annabelle. It was off the Emptiness album. Do you want me to say what song it is? Yeah. It was The Murderer. Oh, okay. That makes so sense. That was the last track they did. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Actually, they did skip two songs off the album. They skipped uh, Third Temptations of Parents. Paris? Oh, my <laughs> God. Parents. Third Temptation of Parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the second to last song. I don't remember the name. Congratulations, no. I Hate You. They didn't play Early Morning. My bad. No, no, they did. Congratulations, I hate you. Well, I was about to say, I was like, what? That that wouldn't make any sense. I love that whole lead up of that song. No, that's, oh man, when that song came on, and especially when Apology came on, everyone went nuts. But yeah, that's that's my uh, concert review. Yeah, and I got a nice little picture texted to me as well. Oh yeah, I also forgot to mention that I met Sean Mike, and that was so cool. He, this band, Alisana, is one of the first bands I ever listened to when I got into the scene. I've said it many times before, but the first two bands I ever heard Aww. when I got into listening to this music aw, <laughs> was Dev Wars Prada and Alisana. So to meet Sean from Alisana was a huge privilege and got to take a picture with him. And he talked about how much he enjoyed being on the show. So Woo! that was really cool to hear too. Yeah. yeah, he was. You should have seen his eyes glow when I said, hey, you know, we had you on uh, Ian Hates podcast. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I enjoyed it so much. And I was like, oh, shit. He likes us. That's cool. awesome. Yeah, I love hearing that. Wait, someone likes me? I know. So I can't believe it. <laughs> someone likes the show. Yes, that is awesome. For anyone that wants to go back and hear me be a complete fanboy, you can go back oh, yeah. and listen to that episode for sure. All right. So I'm going to finish off this sandwich here with literally the show that I was just at. We're doing the show later than we normally do because I actually, for the first time since high school, I won free tickets to a show. Now, the last time this happened, when I was in high school, I was hit by a car going to the concert that I won tickets to, so I didn't actually get to go to the concert. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. I am absolutely. What the fuck? I know. That's how crazy it was. That's how long it's been. I don't normally win things. By the way, you could never... I could give you 200 guesses. You would never be able to guess the bands that I won tickets to. 21 Pilots and Coldplay. Uh, have we talked about them on the show? An offset of them, a band that they have been known to tour with. I'm drawing blank. Well, no, you would uh, honestly. This isn't even a a game we should be playing. I think wait. I think I just remembered one of them too that I've forgotten. I think it was Primer Fifty Five, Cottonmouth Kings, and Kitty. Oh, you said Kitty. My God, I know, right? And Cottonmouth I've Kings. Never heard of any of those bands. Cottonmouth Kings used to tour with ICP a lot. Ew. Yeah, I know. It was like dubstep white guy rap that used to talk about weed all the time. I don't even remember how I won the tickets or why I would want to go. I think it was because I was in love with Kitty. I was like, this is the first time I've seen women do any style of my music. But anyways, that was awesome. Yeah, tangents, tangents, tangents. Anyways, so this time I did not get hit by a car. And I made it to the show. Now, I wanted to mention, like I said, hey, you give me free stuff. I talk about you on the show. This I actually won. It wasn't given to me. But I downloaded this app. And I swear this is not a live read or anything. I downloaded (laughs) this concert app called Thrill Call. T-H-R-I-L-L-C-A-L-L. Thrill Call. And what it is is it's an app where you can put in your city and it finds all the concerts that are around you, plus has all of these giveaways 
for all these different shows that are also around you. So I can put in Boston, I can put in surrounding areas, and it'll have a whole schedule of bands that are playing that night. So I happened to download it because I saw Asking Alexandria say, hey, if you want to win tickets to the 10 years Sumerian tour, go ahead and download this app. So I was like, yeah, might as well try it. So I did, and they had, here's a chance to win some 41 tickets. And I was like, look, I didn't buy tickets to the show because we are doing the show. It's Tuesday, and that's normally when we do the show, so I'm not going to go to that. And yesterday, I got a notification that I won two tickets to see some 41. That is a show. Lucky. It's never happened. (laughs) Like, seriously, I don't win. Unless it's a sporting event, I don't win. So. Hockey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about that. There is no doubt about that. It was As It Is, Senses Fail, and Some 41 at House of Blues in Boston. So I was literally just there, finished up, came here. So I was excited to see As It Is because we've talked about them a couple times on the show. They are pure pop punk in everything they do. I mean, they had the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had the old school kind of like Fallout ripoff designs on stage and everything. But they all had like, some of them had Letterman jackets. They all had the old school Converse. They were all wearing like white shirts with like a jacket on to kind of be that old school feel of the 50s, I guess. And then what do pop punk bands do? They jump in the air high and do kicks. And mic swings. Yeah, and mic swings. Oh, there was a ton of of mic swings when it comes to senses fail, but we'll get to that. (laughs) But they were good. Boston crowds are weird. Maybe that just goes without saying. But a couple of the people in the crowd started to yell because that was it. It was just those three bands. So they got to play a little bit longer than they normally would. Some people in the crowd were yelling, go back to England. And I was like, what the fuck? This band is doing well. Like, it's not like they sound bad or anything. So why would you be doing that? Just because you don't know them does not mean that you need to start yelling at him. And the guitarist actually had to say something to some people too and be like, hey guys, come on, we're the opening band. Like, give us a break. As it is, should not have to do that. Yeah. The Trump is coming out of them. (laughs) That's a little bit bit true. I think they did a good job. Yeah, Boston crowds, man. They're, They're fucking weird. So next band was Census Fail. Now, I did not know what to think about this. Because it's been a long, long time since I've seen Census Fail live. And I had not heard any of the new stuff from Census Fail. None of the melodic, hardcore stuff that they're doing. Haven't heard any of it. I can tell you for sure, it's very strange to hear Buddy do this stuff now. Because his voice is not the same. And now he's transitioning from the old school stuff to this new stuff. And the show, I can say, definitely doesn't necessarily flow The way he gets around that is he is so fucking energetic on stage. Like he was doing weird tumble rolls on the ground. He got down, did push-ups. He tried. I'm going to say tried because I don't think he actually did. He was trying for one-arm push-ups. He was twerking at one point. He's throwing the mic around more probably than what's his name from Taking Back Sunday. Adam Lazar. Yeah, yeah. He was a master of the mic throw. Very, very good. (laughs) Like, But just doing tons and tons of stuff, really, really energetic, and still singing. You know, that takes a little bit of a backseat. But I was very impressed. I thought the melodic hardcore stuff was actually really good. So I'm going to have to go and listen back to some of that stuff. So this definitely opened me up. I'm not sure if it opened anyone else up. Everyone was mostly focused on the older stuff when they played it. 
But it was really fun to see them. I would recommend you go see Senses Fail Live because not only do you get to hear the old stuff, you get to hear a mix of the new, and then also Buddy is so fucking energetic. Not only that, he's pretty good at talking to everyone because he doesn't give a shit. So a lot of times he's just giving the middle finger to everyone. And then he made fun of Boston saying Boston is just Dunkin' Donuts and Bank of Americas. And he's pretty much right. That is all Boston is. He's absolutely correct. I like Dunkin' Donuts. He went off on a rant about how he's so fucking tired in America of not having fresh donuts. He wants handmade donuts. He went on this whole thing. And look, I I like Buddy. I like what he's doing because he, he can be very political, though. So before oh, yeah. before they came on stage, I turned to my buddy and I go, hey, man, how many songs do you think they're playing? And he was like, probably around 12. And I was like, that sounds about right. And I go, okay, over under 12 as the amount of times he mentions Donald Trump. And he was like, way over. And I was like, yeah, I, I got to think so. He only mentioned him once. One time, maybe two, if he on the one. But I thought everything worked very well. I knew going in that they would not be playing my favorite Senses Fail song. That's just the way it is. They never will. Which one? Let It Enfold You, the title track. That's one of their best songs. Yeah, but they never play it live. It's so fucking good. But yeah, they don't play that live. So one thing I was also surprised about is they don't play 187 live anymore either. They retired that completely. It would have been nice to hear that song because it's good. But they started the set with You're Cute When You Scream. So that was that yes. was nice. Yeah. And they just went through. I would say definitely go see Census Fail, especially if they're doing a headlining show. I'd imagine that they're even more fun and they'll play even more tracks that you'll know and also the melodic hardcore stuff. So you have the Ian guarantee. I'm going back to listen to some of that new stuff. I can tell you for sure they changed my mind on that stuff. Yeah. And so allegedly they're doing a 10 year tour of the Still Searching now, which came out 2006. So hopefully that could be a fucking sick headlining tour for them so after that then some 41 came out it took them a while to come out they were a little rock starry but oh they, gosh yeah but they did play for around an hour and 30 which was very surprising i was not expecting that they also basically almost sold out house of blues which is pretty impressive i just wasn't expecting some 41 to be a headlining band i don't know if that makes well, sense to you guys they've been around hey, for a long time so it makes sense but is that all you have to be? Like, Census Fail has been around for a long time. Like, I would have thought Census Fail would be the headliner over oh, some That's 41. what I was getting to when you said that. I was about to say, I think Census Fail would have been over some 41 yeah. if you told me before the tour announced, like, hey, Jackson, who headlines? Census Fail or some 41? I would have easily said Census Fail. Right. That's what I would have thought, too. But, you know, they did some of the rock star stuff. They did some of the guitar solos. They did a drum. It's been so long since I've seen a drum solo. If you're not in Slipknot, and if you're not Dave Grohl, I don't think you should be doing a drum solo. <laughs> That's just my opinion on it. <laughs> and it's not taking away from his talent. I just It's always a surprise because they also did that thing where they went off for an encore, but they did a drum solo before where they went off as an encore, basically. You know what I mean? Eh, why do that? But they're still a good band. Like, the nostalgia is what got everyone there, it seems. Because I'm not sure, when I was looking around, I didn't really see people connect with the new material, with the new album that just came out. And I don't know, what do you guys think of the new album? I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a a good return to form for them, but I think it's a more mature version. The title is 13 Voices. It's on Hopeless Records. Yeah, I didn't mind it either, but it's just one of those things where I also don't find myself going back and listening to old Sum 41. 
they because the thing I thought about it because I liked the album I really did but it it just it's like Ty said it's more mature yeah but it's not like fun like their other music it's not it doesn't have that fun feeling poppy vibe to it and I don't mean pop like in a bad way but I mean like you know like get up and do something kind of vibe that their music usually does but it's a good album it really is uh every song is solid there's not a weak point it's just not them and honestly I expected worse so I'm not disappointed (laughs) in the album it's actually beat expectations yeah I think Derek Wibley's in a very different mindset since he quit the booze and stuff because if he takes a drink he couldn't die so he didn't mention yeah, that he's, and everything. Yeah, he's in a very different mindset as, a, as opposed to when he was younger when um, MTV Icon hosted them for the Metallica special. So, I mean, he's a rock star. They're rock stars. They know how to do a live show, that's for sure. I can understand why they're headlining when, when they put on that kind of show. Like, it's understandable. I was just surprised. And they've never really been that strong vocally. So that's something right. that also comes across when they're live as well. Like they're relying on a lot of people to sing along because I don't think the um, vocals came out as well as they could. So it's not saying don't go see them. Like I think it's a fun show. I'm not a nostalgia guy. Like that's just not my thing. Yeah, when I saw them in Warp Tour earlier, and uh, when Derek was singing, then the crowd was like, it was a huge crowd. I think I've said this before. They were louder than them. Sure. I see it. Yeah, I can see that too. So yeah. I think that uh, I think that rounds things off. And just to mention, tomorrow, and obviously this will come out next week, but tomorrow I am off to see Rarity, Broadside, Boston Manor, and Like Pacific as well. So I will have a review. We'll also be reviewing Boston Manor's brand new album at that time too. That's a sick lineup. I think so. So we'll see. And it's a very, very small venue. Ooh, even better. Yeah. Like I don't think they have a stage. It's just on the ground. Yeah, it's just on the ground. So (laughs) I will, yes, I will have a full review next week for sure. All right, let's move on to tour announcements. Tour announcements. We've got the New Era Tour with Farewell My Love and the Funeral Portrait and Matt Skagem or Skagem. Yeah, I just started following him on Twitter. He followed me back. So now I like him, obviously. And I'm going to find his <laughs> oh music. Gosh. I'm going to find his music and I'm going to listen to it. But look, if you're out on tour with Farewell My Love and the Funeral Portrait, you better be doing something right. And also, what I do want to mention right now, too, the Funeral Portrait have finally announced their full-length album coming out in December. So you can go to their websites right now and you can pre-order everything. It's Revival Recordings. The new song is really good as well. I think we'll talk about that next week as well. But I am looking very much forward to this because they are a very, very good band. And I've been waiting for this album for a long time. So December is looking good right now. And next tour we got is Green Day with the Radio Revolution tour with Against Me as support. Again, I probably won't be making this one, which sucks. (laughs) And I know Ian won't be making it because he just hates Green Day and he only likes like three of their songs. Uh, and I, I think just because I don't like that, I think we should give him another strike for it. I like a whole <laughs> album of their songs. I've, I've already erased my strikes. I am strikeless. Oh. What? Yeah, it's the it's power I have. He can erase his strikes at any time. <laughs> That's the power I have. Wow. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. They were there. Yeah. Everyone knows they were there at one point, so I'm good with that. Whatever. I do what I want. <laughs> 
Yeah, if, if if only they would do like a 21 anniversary tour of Dookie, then I would definitely go see that for sure. Uh, maybe 25. Probably. Yeah, that'd be nice. I would do that. I thought he was going to say 21 Pilots, and I was going to be like, hell yeah. No, they won't be around that much longer. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh. I'm dropping that. I'm dropping that. <laughs> All right. To continue on, Bayside has also announced their Christmas tour that they do as well. Unfortunately, they are not coming to Boston this year. Last year was awesome. They did a really great job. And I would have loved to hear Vacancy all the way through or something, but they are not coming this way. So You went to it last time? They did one of their Christmas shows last year in Boston, and they did the entire oh, cool. self-titled, which was awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, Next tour is uh, Circus of Vive performing on Let Go. 10-year tour with me without you and turnover as a support for early next year. I can't wait for that because that's the album that definitely got me into Circus of Vibe back in 2007 when I was going to college. You said on letting go, right? Yep. I might go see that tour. Uh, I'm not a huge Circus of Vibe fan, so I'm going to no comment on that one. Strike. Unless I suddenly get into... What? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't what, give a strike Is that like my eighth upteenth strike? You're almost gone. You're almost gone, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, they're nice. Cool with it. And then lastly, Silent Planet is now the final special spot on the For Today tour. I was incorrect in thinking that it was going to be Fit for a King. It is Silent Planet, which is awesome Most for Silent Planet. Yes, the, the yes. one time I'm wrong. Yes. I have on the show. But yes, good for Silent Planet. They deserve it. I think that's a great tour for them to be on because they're going to get a lot, a lot of exposure. And that's what they need. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's been a year for both Norma Jean and Silent Planet as far as uh, album releases. And for them to be playing alongside for today for their farewell tour, it's absolutely astonishing. It's going to be great for them. All right, guys. Now we're going into our favorite segment. <laughs> I forgot that was the <laughs> I didn't do it last week. Oh, man. Yes, that means it's time for our multitude of album reviews. Yeah, the day has finally come. There are so many that we had to push some to next week. So what do we want to start off with? Let's start off with Transit Blues, baby. The best one. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. All right. Yep. So it's Devil Wears Prada, Transit Blues, off Rise Records. So, so, so fucking good of an album. De Devil Wars Prada definitely stepped it up for sure. No more so uh, funny song titles like HTML Rules Dude and You Can't Spell <laughs> Crap Without C, Nickel's Money Too or whatever. This is definitely a more more mature Devil Wars Prada and it definitely shows in the music for sure. Jackson? Well, I actually want to hear what Ian says first because oh. I don't know what it was, but out of all the reviews, I really wanted to know what Ian said. <laughs> so I'm gonna let I'm gonna go off what you say first. Cue the suspense music. Uh oh. <clears throat> so firstly, I will say that I am not normally a Devil Wears Prada fan. That's why I wanted to hear your input. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> normally. I like Anne Hathaway, but I'm not oh a Meryl Streep fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> i didn't see that one coming i didn't yeah it's an old joke but because of the setup i think it worked well good honestly job, honestly i'm not a huge fan of devil wears prada normally just i don't know why they just don't connect with me normally but 
I do like this album. I looked a lot into the concept of it. It's obviously big on travel. And then there are stories that go along with it from their travels, it seems. My tough part, and I'll, get, I'll do the negatives first a little bit. I think the album for me is half and half. If you got rid of the first half of the album for me, I'd be completely fine. I'd be like, yeah, I don't need that. That last half of the album is amazing. That's how I feel anyways. Like from flyover states and Detroit tapes, like from there down, I really, really enjoy. I think that's the way. And really, I think it's Detroit tapes or the condition that really hits it for me really hard. But the other ones seem very disjointed. Like I had mentioned before, I wasn't a fan of Daughter. I really don't like that song. I don't know why. I just don't like it. I don't like the intro, Praise Poison. I don't know why either. I just, some reason with Devil Wears Prada to me, they don't connect the way that I think or the way that I want them to, I guess is a better way to put it. So get rid of those worldwide to me. And I know they're not pandering, but I do not like songs that mention a whole bunch of different cities that a band has been to. I don't like that all-time low song. I don't like, you know what I mean? There are a bunch of bands that do that. They even mention Boston in the song. and that, that. Yeah, and that doesn't make me all happy. <laughs> and then saying Tokyo in the chorus a lot. Like, I don't understand what they're trying for there. Like, I would love to talk to them about that and see why they chose Tokyo as the one to make that a really poppy song. Like, I don't understand what they're doing with it. And then Lock and Load is just all of a sudden an anti-gun song. And it seems yeah, so weird. Yeah, I actually like that song. I love that song. Do you really? I don't like it. And I love it. It's yeah, not because it's anti-gun. Yeah, it talks about uh, census violence that's going on in this country right now, in this world uh, in general. But it's definitely uh, anti-gun uh, violence and bringing uh, world peace to the country and the world. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, it's anti-gun. I mean, I, I would prefer the Fit for a King song. Ty, you were being really loud. Pissed off. You are being really loud. What are you Me? doing? Yeah. I got a booklet here. It says, "Okay, uh, fa- mothers, fathers, don't you know the numbers? Murder speeds out the chamber with fury and vengeance. There's no excuse for it. It's senseless violence. Uh, that's the line. That's so, the line. When you're going with a concept, which I believe they were doing, it seems very mm-hmm. out of place. That's the way I kind of look at it. I don't know. It just doesn't connect to me. But once you get to, like I said, once you get to Detroit tapes and down, probably around there, I think it's great. Like, I don't know why, but those songs to me are so good. Like, Submersion is an amazing oh, yeah. song. Like, I'm not even saying they're not playing guitar well or, or the vocals are off on those first songs. I'm not saying any of that. I think the vocals are very good. I think everything they're doing is good. It's just those songs I can complete. I'll never listen to those again. I listened to this album like four or five times just to make sure because I was like, I... I know people are going to be interested in this. I got to, you know, make sure I'm talking about it the way I want to. Those whole tracks I can just get rid of. But Submersion is amazing. Look, in Home for Grave Part 2, they have my name in it. So, of course, I'm going to like it. Yep, like, they do. <laughs> that's actually my favorite song of the album. Yeah, that's, I think that's mine, too. And yeah, it's, it's a not, favorite of mine, too. What? What am I doing in that track? Like, why don't they come <laughs> on the show? Obviously. What's the cliche? It's a story of two halves. You know, when you talk about sports game or something, when you sports game, when you talk about some type of sports <laughs> or something, it's a tale of two halves. That first half, eh, 
that second half amazing. So sorry yeah, for the I'm long. That was five out of ten. That was a long drawn out thing. If I just judge those last tracks, then I'm gonna give it like a seven or an eight. I don't know. We never rate like that. So why would we start now? True. True. Yeah. True. So I would say, definitely pick up this album. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm not saying that this is a bad album. I'm just saying for me, those tracks seem very out of place to me. If they had started Detroit tapes or Flyover states somewhere there and added more tracks along those lines. I would connect way more with this album. Yeah, okay. I feel you. So yeah, well, a couple of favorite tracks are Daughter, sorry Ian, uh, to the key of Evergreen, Detroit Tapes, Home from Grave 2, and the last track, Transit Blues, are five of my favorite songs off the album. Jackson? Well, my favorite, I don't even want to go into favorites right now. Well, first <laughs> of all, to go back to Lock and Load, the reason why it holds its place in the album is because the lead, the screamer Mike, he is from Chicago. Oh, yeah. And throughout the album, they hit different places. True. And uh, of course, there's violence everywhere in America, but Chicago is a really big hotspot right now. True. So as he's hitting well, every city throughout the album, that's where, well, yeah, yeah, Chicago's always been rough. And recently, it's, it's been even worse. And that's crazy to hear that it's been even worse than how it is. But, anyways, that's why he regarded, because when you think of Chicago, that's what he thinks about. I actually read about this in an interview. That's how I knew that. Good. But if you didn't read that, I would think just like how you thought it's it is way out of place because the whole album is just themed of traveling and sort of like traveling stories on his journey. And then you got this blatantly out of order song about anti-gun and nothing else like that is the song. It's not like a certain chorus line. No, that is the song. Right. It's almost like and I mean, this is maybe blasphemy a little bit, but it's almost like in the Black Parade, teenagers is completely different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's something like that, though. I love teenagers and I love, well, that sounded weird. I, I love the Black Parade <laughs> album and the song I Teenagers. I love teenagers. <laughs> Ian, a little dark side. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Go go back to Hope what you no were one saying. takes Jackson. that out of context. <laughs> yeah, they always do. Always do. <laughs> we'll be, we're going to end up on Lamb Goat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I am no front porch step, all right? Ooh. Allegedly. That's for another time. <laughs> Other than that, though, I love the album. Every single song. The singer, Jeremy, his vocals have really upgraded. Mm-hmm. I thought he was yes. always a really good vocalist, but he sounds way more mature now. Yes. And I can tell that either it was an editing job or it's just the way he's practiced his vocals. It's a definitely a big upgrade. And I love the screams that Mike does now in this album where it's like, he goes from preaching to screaming to talking normal to just all over the place. It's not just a certain scream like any other band. And one thing I love about every single song is that there's not a script. Like, let's say there's always the same script like the Amity Affliction uses where you know when the sing is coming in. You know when the drop is the coming format. in. Right. You know the format to almost every hardcore song. That is totally the opposite with Devil's Prada. Some songs, they have no clean vocals. Sometimes they have way more clean vocals than screams. And it kind of just all jumbles together, and you never know when it's coming in. And I think that just shows their, I don't want to say expert, because obviously that's an opinion. Sure. But just the fact that they've been doing this for a long time, and they know how to work it differently and sound different every single time. Not just every album sounding different, but every song sounding different. Right. Yes. And Absolutely. every song on this album connects with me 
Totally. I love every single song, but I do agree with Ian. The first half is weaker than the bottom half. Right. I will not disagree with that. I like every song in the first half, and I did find weird. See, I love the song Worldwide, but the whole thing of the main chorus line yeah. saying Tokyo. Tokyo. It's, just, it's a little weird. Blah, 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 Tokyo. Yeah, it, it says, I want to get lost in you, yeah, Tokyo. Oh, you That's the chorus, and it's right. it's a good song. I love it, but <laughs> it, it is, it's like, you can't connect to that, like Ian was saying, something like that, but other than that, the album is honestly amazing to me. I'm, I was really shocked. I was actually kind of scared that it wasn't going to be as good because of Daughter, even mm-hmm. though I liked Daughter, but if the whole album was like that, it would have been a pretty big letdown. Right, but other than that, great, great album. Did you get a little the plot and you vibe at all from this album, or is Sometimes. that just me? Yeah, I I don't know. It just hit me a little bit when I was listening to it. I don't know if it was partially some of the vocals, but also the kind of feel of the album right. itself. At least for that second half, especially. I was about to say the yeah. second half for sure. I just felt it. I don't know. <laughs> all right, so I think we're all in unison here. We would all definitely recommend this album. It's Devil Wears Prada, Transit Blues, Rise Records. I'm just going to make this note one more time because we bring it up on the show a lot. But the first week sales are so important to bands. So we always say what the upcoming album is, especially, you know, to make sure people are ready to get it the next day when it comes out. But then also when the show comes out, make sure to continue purchasing because that's still within the same week. So help the bands out that you love, support them, and buy something, merch, albums, especially albums with a merch bundle possibly. It just really helps the bands out. All right, next one. My vinyl's coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Just had to add that. Next album is uh, Fit for a King's Death Grip on Solid State Records. I would say for this album, it's definitely a mix of Slave to Nothing, Creation, Destruction, and Descendants all mixed together. And... Ryan Kirby's vocals have definitely um, threw me off a bit because I was expecting to hear Ryan Tucker Leary's cleans on some of the songs throughout the album, but uh, I thought it was Ryan Tucker Leary's vocals have really dumped down a bit, but now I'm realizing that it's actual Ryan Kirby singing, and it definitely adds a whole <laughs> new dynamic to the vocals. Now, so I do got to ask you, Ty, just real yeah. quick. Out of all the albums, because it is true what you said, they're like all a big mix. Out of all of them, which is your favorite? Oh, man. Which songs or which album? Album. Of, of course I'm going to say Slave for Nothing because I think it's a very well-written album. Everything uh, has its respective place. Like It's not following a similar format that's been played over and over and over. I say Slave for Nothing is definitely a favorite. Not to say that Death Grip isn't a bad album, but I definitely would say Slave for Nothing because I... Ever since the album came out, I've been listening to it over and over and over again since it came out. I thought you were going to say Death Grip. I love Death Grip. I think Death Grip is honestly the best one. I, if you I like Death me. Grip, too. It's been getting a lot of very, very positive reception since it dropped. And everybody's saying it's heavier than Slave from Nothing. Oh, anybody who's been begging for Fifth King to play breakdowns after that says Slave from Nothing was a whack album, go buy Death Grip. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. See, it's like you just said. I don't know if... Death Grip is harder than Slave for Nothing, but I just think it's better. It just fits more. I don't know what it is. It just sounds better. Every song, to me, is just better than every song on that album. 
Yeah, I would say so. But yeah, definitely Slay for Nothing over Death Grip. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. Go buy Death Grip if you love Fit for a King. Support these bands. Support them. And go listen for Dead Memory and Shadows and Echoes. Those are my two favorite songs off the album. And if you want to hear Ryan Kirby sing as opposed to the Of Mice and Men Bones Exposed cover, there's your chance. Yeah, his vocals on this album to me are really good. I was really shocked. And I cannot wait to see how his vocal range even improves on the next album. I know it's a little early to be talking about that, but just to know that this is the beginning of his little vocal journey, I think that's so sick. Uh, My favorite tracks, oh man, I think it's Dead Memory, Stacking Bodies, and Death Grip to me are the best ones. Yeah, and just to hear his clean singing on album, I wonder how it's going to play out live because I'm going to try and go see them at least two times in October. So, yeah, hopefully they hold up live for sure. Oh, I bet. All right, guys, let's do Dance Gavin Dance, Mothership, once again on Rise Records. What do you guys think? Rise Records is killing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought the album was uh, it's pretty much a standard Dance Gavin Dance album, but I think Tillian's vocals are definitely a lot more aggressive on this one because you hear the raspiness of his voice now as opposed to acceptance speech and uh, instant gratification. Uh, actually, I love this album. I don't think it's a basic Dance Gavin Dance album. I think it's totally different. You were right about Tillian's voice. His voice, totally an upgrade. It's not the same exact pitch like it was in Instant Gratification, where it's literally the same range every single track throughout the whole entire album. Here, he is on fire. He is perfect, if you ask me. His vocal range is totally improved, and... This is kind of where you start wanting to bring the conversation. Okay, so now do you rather have Johnny Craig or Tillian up in there? And (laughs) I don't know if I want to answer that yet, but I'll tell you what, this album really helped Tillian's chances out. And Mothership is definitely an upgrade to anything else that they've done. I am a huge fan of this album. I also agree, I don't think this is a standard dance gavin dance album i think they did a lot of things that they don't normally do like i think they're they're more out of control by being (laughs) more stable if that makes sense which it probably doesn't but for some reason how do you say it it's like a state of control in the chaos where they'll go from a song like betrayed by the game into petting zoo justice and it's just completely different but they have control over what they're doing. And I don't know, I doubt I'm saying it right. But you have, that's why they're always a band that you have to listen to. Because you have to see, I completely agree with both of you. The vocals are amazing. The guitar work is great. The drum, Everything really, really works on this. And I gotta say, this is my favorite Dance Gavin Dance album. Straight off. Yeah, I got a, I got a little bit of a secret band vibe uh, on some songs of the album. It's a really? possibility. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but maybe. In terms of best album, and I know that you guys are going to give me shit for this. Yep. I personally still like Instant Gratification more. Tillian's vocals are way better on this album. I don't know what it is. To be honest with you, it might sound... You see, I don't. Be. It is biased, honestly. To me, Dance Gavin Davins... Dance Gavin Davins. <laughs> Dance Gavin Davins. <laughs> I have a really big issue with al- with <laughs> names today. But anyways, Dance Gavin Dances album, mm. Instant Gratification. <laughs> Fuck. 
Well, it's I'm okay because I'm pretty Bye. sure. I'm pretty sure throughout the entire time Ty was talking about Fit for a King, he said the name of the album wrong the entire time. So it's yep, okay. Yep, you're right. It is completely okay. We all make mistakes. We're all just a bunch of friends here talking about music, trying to promote these bands. That is what we're doing. So it's all right. Look, I love this album. I love Mothership. I think Exposed is an amazing song. I would not have expected a song like Exposed from Dance Gavin Dance. Never would yeah, have. Yeah, but Betrayed by the Game is like my all-time jam for right now. I normally go back and forth between Exposed and, and Betrayed, so I completely understand. But once again, I think we're all on the same page. We're all going to recommend this, right? Yep, oh, yeah. buy it. Yeah, And just for anyone that didn't know the saga, I did not get into the Dance Gavin Dance show. No one had extra tickets. It was completely sold out, and no one could get me on their list, which is crazy. Aww. Yep. Cue the sad music. Yes, everyone. <laughs> Ian did not get in the Dance Gavin Dance Show. He had to make more podcasts and edit things. He was on the guest list, and they removed him. That'd be terrible. <laughs> so, anyways, make sure you go pick up Mothership for sure. Now, we are going to go ahead and we are going to push Candiria while they were sleeping on Metal Blade Records. And we're going to push To The Wind, The Brighter View on Pure Noise Records. We're going to push those to next week because we have a little bit more time to be able to do it. But I do want to mention, I really enjoyed To The Wind. So if you like that, if you like Melodic Hardcore, pick up that album and support them. But we'll talk about that more next week for sure. Same with Candiria. I like them too. I just didn't get a chance to really get into it. And since next week's a little lighter, we'll go ahead and we'll do those then. So let's go ahead and do two more albums. We're going to do Dayshell Nexus on Sumerian Records. So right away, let's put this out there. So the lead singer is Shaley. He used to be in... Was he in Attack Attack or not? No, he was in a Mice and just, just in a Mice and Men. Yes, okay. So when I heard this, now he has such a distinctive, unique voice that when I heard this album, I was like, am I listening to The Flood again? That was my first thought was, is this The Flood? But what I would say is this is more of an album that I would say normally that A Mice and Men would want to make. Like this is more the direction when A Mice and Men with Austin Carlisle said, hey, we're going to make an album that's more like alternative I thought this album would be more of that direction. Now, they chose to go in the Cold World direction, which is completely different than this. <laughs> but this album blows that shit out of the water because Shaylee has a great voice, and this album works for what they're doing. They're making an alternative rock record. That's the way I see it. I see it on the level of a Chevelle. Yeah, it definitely is a much more aggressive outing for Dave Shell as opposed to the last album. Yeah, it's and angry. When, I'll say that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you felt like a Mice and Men pulled backward, uh, Dayshell just really pushed forward, and it's just straight aggression all the way through until you get to, I guess you would say, the breather, softer track of the album, then it just hits you like really hard again until the very, very end of the album. So I definitely give a, a round of applause to Dayshell for continuing the aggressive uh, approach. But they're not aggressive like it's metalcore. It's only a couple yeah. times that they do a little unclean vocals. And it's more, right. it just gets that screaming out a little bit like it's almost like screamo. 
It's yeah. not a breakdown. It's not. There are breakdowns, yeah. but it's not a of mice and men metalcore breakdown from the past. That yeah, is not, like a too close to touch scream that they add in every bit. That's a possible. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So Jackson, yeah. what did you think? I really enjoyed the album front to back. The only thing I had weird with it was it was just so odd hearing it and not thinking of a Mice and Men. Yeah. And I hate that because you would love for them to just be their own band and right. you don't have to think about them sounding like another band. But, I mean, you, you just can't do that. I mean, he was in a Mice and Men. And it's like Ian said, every song just reminds me of The Flood. Yeah. I just started thinking, but I, <laughs> there's nothing night. you could do. I started thinking Water from the flood every yes. single time <laughs> every single time dream of water dream of water <laughs> but it's a good yeah, album, a band. It, it's just yeah it's i just started like the that. first time i heard it i said this is going to be ian's favorite album since he hates cold world so much <laughs> no every album is my favorite album compared to cold world <laughs> no nah, but this is when you actually really really mean it this time because you say every album is better than cold world but with Dayshell Nexus, you really, really mean it this time. Well, I hope I hope that Shaley gets the credit that he deserves for being a good vocalist. Like that's what I want. He, if he does, yeah, he's severely underrated. Well, that's what I mean. So he's not getting what he deserves because he's severely underrated. Yeah, and also Andrew White, if you're out there, please become uh, <laughs> Dayshell's official guitarist, please. Yeah, they keep losing members. That's a shame. Yeah. Andrew Whiting does not need to be a touring guitarist. He needs to become an official member because both him and Day- and Shaley were in bands with uh, Austin Carlisle, and they right. both hate the guy. So, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. There were a couple of videos that were taken down and all this behind-the-scenes stuff. Like I'm not exactly sure if they're friends anymore. They used to uh, Whatever. It's all bullshit stuff. I mean, they'll end up getting back together the same way. Ben Bruce and Danny Warsnop did, and you know everyone else that always buries the hatchet and you know has fun and stuff. So, what does it matter? Hey, if if Ronnie and Craig Mavic can do it, and if yeah. uh, Danny and Ben can do it, then I'm pretty sure Austin and Shaley can get together on uh, either a new Day Shell or a new Amisamet album. We'll never know. No, no, we might know. It might happen. We might. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We might. <laughs> it might actually happen. All right. So I think we would all recommend, especially if you're into alternative rock, alternative new metal, whatever you want to call it, Dayshell with Nexus on Sumerian Records is a record for you. Yeah, Carsick, Improvised, Digital Sand, and the song called FTNW are my favorite tracks off of it. Nice. All right, so now let's move on to our final review of the night. And this is Friend of the Show, Everyone Dies in Utah, with their self-titled album on In Vogue Records. So before we start with all this, I'm going to mention a couple of things. One is I did have a conversation with Danny and Keaton earlier this year. So we did talk. This was before the album was complete. So they did go in and they did talk about Neutral Ground, which was their third album. They were basically putting out an album a year, 2011, 2012, 2013. Now, they mentioned on the show, and I think they've been pretty vocal about this before, is they did not like that album. And today, they actually put a little thing on Facebook that I wanted to read. We want to take a brief moment to talk about Neutral Ground, since we have never really discussed it with all of you. First and foremost, we are deeply sorry for letting many of you down. If we had a choice, Neutral Ground would never have been released. Now, they said similar things on the show as well, but this is very, like... 
bam, this is the way Official. we feel about this. Yeah. There were a number of factors that collided together, which essentially left the band contractually obligated to write an album from scratch and record it in one month, immediately after the Scream the Prayer tour. To make matters worse, three members left the band prior to that tour. We were bound to make that album then and there, and we were just as disappointed in releasing it as many of you were in hearing it. The truth of the matter is that Neutral Ground severely hurt us as a band, enough that the band's reputation and future have been at stake ever since its release. We are not here to dwell on the past, but instead to look towards the future. Now, I think that's very telling. I think that's extremely telling for them to come out and say that. And one of the big things, the reason why they're saying that too, is because this album is so fucking good. And they need to get the people back that they lost. For me, I've been a fan of Everyone Dies in Utah since the beginning. So when Neutral Ground came out, of course I wasn't happy with the album. But I'm not one of those people that writes off an entire band. I just, I'll listen to the other stuff and I'll wait till new stuff comes out. That's the way I do it. So I knew, or I was hoping, at some point that there would be a new album for me to get, but I wasn't going to write them off, but a lot of people did. And let's just get this straight, too. Neutral Ground is a million times better than Cold World. A million times better. So anyone pulling that bullshit saying that, you know, that album sucked, blah, 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 if you like Cold World, you'll fall in love with neutral ground so let's let's at least say that for one and i don't think anyone's made that comparison ever to so by nope. the way. i was just about to, that's what i was just thinking i was like how does this even happen it's an ian exclusive you, you got to be part of the the hater family to really know our or well ian's thought <laughs> about cold world and how we compare it to almost every single album i do now but that, it makes sense it's the lowest bar possible so you just have to <laughs> tiptoe over and you're fine. We need to make a highest bar then. We have some high bars this year. I'll say yeah. that, but we're not going to go into that yet because I think this is going to be on that list for sure. So let's get back. You know, That's just a little brief history. So they went through band member changes. They went through a label change. Then they went through having to put out an album that they didn't want to put out. So they went through all this stuff. Took three years and a lot of heartache to get this self-titled out. And I believe, and spoiler alert, we will be having Danny, at least Danny, back on the show. He's already said hey. that's confirmed. Oh, yeah, that's confirmed. So hopefully we're going to go through this track by track and see what he's been you know, thinking about and what the band's been going through. But I'm fairly certain that the reason why this is self-titled is to reestablish the brand. Because if they are saying you know, that they were damaged, that a lot of people walked away, they need to reestablish this. And pun intended, they are relentless on this album. And that is hey. the first track. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But when you listen to some of the lyrics of Relentless, it's we're going to give it all we've got till it's over. With no end in sight, we're going to make things right. Like that's the entire first track is almost like an apology. It's almost like an apology and a guarantee that things are going to be different. And I think that's a great way to start off this album. And it's just hit after hit. The vocals are so on point. I really, really thought, even though the guitar work is very good and the bass work is good as well, the drumming really stands out in this album. Besides Danny's screams, like the whole vocals really, really sound great as well. This album just really works with all the stuff that they went through 
to get such an amazing album out. Like, I can't say that this is my all-time favorite because it's very hard for me to pick, but it's very close. It's very, very close. I think, I don't know, it might be up there as the best one, but they just really came out swinging. They just really did, and they made a hard-hitting album that should cement them back where they were, if not above where they were before. I think it should be above where they were. I think this is their best album, and something you touched on where you said, referring to how they self-titled this album, I'm really glad they self-titled this one, because when you think of a band self-titling an album, it's the album that they're basically telling the fans, okay, this is us. And you could use that self-title cliche anytime in your album cycle. It doesn't, because see, some people think you use your self-title for your first album, or maybe your last one. This is when you feel that this is the album that describes you, and they could not have used it as a better at a better time. This album is so good; it deserves that self-title to where everyone who, let's say, has never heard "Everyone Dies in Utah," this would be the album where you show them this is them, this is what they do, and this is the name of the album. It's "Everyone Dies in Utah," and right. kudos to them. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. They came back from, obviously, a lot of shit. You saw that in the Facebook post. For them to have that heart-to-heart with the fans and everything and really explain. First of all, that takes a lot of balls to go back into there and explain everything you've been through. And to really suck it in and say, all right, we had a shit album and we admit it. And we're not proud of it. And this is what we want to do. And we're making it better. You know, I hope you guys enjoy this. And I really do think this is going to get their fans back and then some. That's what I'm hoping for, too. And I know, because I see it on Twitter and stuff, I know people have been turned on to this band because of what we've been talking about as well. So make sure you go out and pick this up. Support them. They really deserve it. This is a brand new start for them where they're solidifying what they're all about. And you can tell, I I couldn't have wished for a better album for them to come back with. Yep. Once again, Everyone Dies in Utah, self-titled release on in vogue records make sure you pick this up remember first week sales are so important i'm still waiting on my i got the huge merch bundle so that's on Uh, its way can't say enough good things about it same here all right guys we're going on to our next segment upcoming albums for 1014 we have Dillinger Escape Plan with Disassociation on Party Smasher Inc. We have Landfill with Coward. They are unsigned. Remember, I just spoke with Jeremy from Landfill on another Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. Coward is a great EP. It is angry. It is just raw. It is very, very good. So make sure you support this band. Get them out there and get Coward. All the links and everything to get this are in that episode, but we'll also be doing a review for it, obviously, next week as well. So Landfill with Coward, they are unsigned. That's coming out on the 14th. And then also Artwork, which was brought up before, Black and White, their EP is being released on Revival Recordings. So that's going to be great as well. Very much looking forward to that. And then, like I said, we're also going to do Candiria with While They Were Sleeping on Metal Blade Records. We're going to do To the Wind, The Brighter View on Pure Noise Records. And we're going to do Boston Manor with Be Nothing on Pure Noise Records as well. 
So we'll have a big show next week. Yep. Super stoked. On to Breakdown from the Past. All right. It is time for Breakdown from the Past. Unfortunately, we will not be getting a Breakdown from the Past from Jackson because he lied to Ty and I. Ty and I. (laughs) He lied to Ty and I about being a fan of the show and doesn't remember when I did Scary Kids Scaring Kids because why would I not do a great band like that way, way early on in the show? (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) This is for Jackson. (laughs) Ouch. Well, rest in peace, Tyson Stevens. I listened to every show. I just forgot. It's okay. It's okay. But now you have robbed the people of a breakdown from the past. Oh, yeah, because everyone loves my breakdown from the past. They do. Everyone loves everyone's. Oh. Yeah. Is that Damn true? Shame. Is that true? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> well, since that loser couldn't pick anything, let's go to Ty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See how quick it, see how quick it is? See that how quick? was quick. Yeah, Shit. thank you. Damn, Jackson, damn. All right, Ty, what do you got? You know a guy. <laughs> All right, Breakdown from the Past is a band from Massachusetts. It's oh, called Shadows sh- Fall. What? Shadows motherfucking fall. There you damn. go. Yeah, great, great, great band from back in the early 2000s. More particularly, the Art of Balance album, which is a good one, and War Within with uh, Inspiration on Demand as a classic hit track. Yeah, they've been a band for since 2000, I think 1998, I believe, when former members of a band called Overcast and another one before they became Killswitch Engage. This band was definitely one of the heavy hitters for me when I first got into metalcore, if you will. They've been putting out so much good music until the Threads of Life album came out in 2007, which kind of had me fall off of them a little bit. And now... A couple of members are doing different bands, which I think Shadows Far are on. I think they, I say to say they're on hiatus, and their lead guitarist is playing guitar at Anthrax now. So Art of Balance and War Within are definitely great albums that you should check out for those who haven't heard Metalcore from back in the day. Yeah, and Brian Fair is a very eccentric vocalist with very, very long dreadlocks, which he does the windmill every time. <laughs> I've seen Shadows Fall live three times so far, and it's always the same coming from Shadows Fall with the windmill dreadlocks and everything. That's what he's most known for. So definitely pick up Art of Balance, War Within, Shadows Fall, Breakdown from the Past. Yep, they are very good. I have seen them obviously many, many times since they're from Massachusetts and they hit big. So yes, I definitely agree with that. So now, my breakdown from the past, I broke the rules a little bit because of how bad Jackson was. Ow, damn, he's still going. (laughs) It's just fun. I get to blame it on something. So normally we do break down from the past on bands that are no longer together. For all intensive purposes, this band is not together anymore. They say they're still together, but it's been so long. It's been three years, and I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. But the band that I'm talking about is a band called Picture Me Broken. It is a metal band-ish metal alternative you know fronted by a woman who is amazing she is so good her name is layla and 
right now, the reason why I say for all intents and purposes is they had one full-length album in 2010 called Wide Awake. And that album, front to back, is amazing. She is such a talented vocalist. Their guitarists were so good. Like, I don't know, just everything came together. It's raw, it's gritty, but it just had so much passion and so much emotion in it that it's something that can't be missed. Like, you have to go listen to this full album. But then they didn't have any other EP out or any full length until 2012. And that's when Mannequins came out. And they kind of changed their sound a little bit. They're still the metal-ish kind of thing. It's more in this moment. That's more of what it is. They kind of went away. So that's why I'm saying listen more to Wide Awake. But that was 2012. It's now 2016. And right now, Layla and Dante are the only people left in the band. So... We'll let it slide in. I don't think they're getting back together. Like, I don't think they're putting anything else out. (laughs) It's a shame, though, because Layla is extremely talented. Their guitarists are extremely, like, the whole band is very good. I hope they go on to other things. Like, I could easily see Layla just joining another band and being the front woman. Like, that could certainly happen. But I would say listen to both. Listen to the full album. Listen to Wide Awake. But then also check out the EP because there is some really good stuff on there. Who knows? We might see something else there. But this was a good breakdown from the past, I think, because that first album is just so good. Very nice. I'm wide awake. Sorry, I had to. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) The whole time, every time you said Wide Awake, that line just came up in my head. I don't want to wait. There you go. Oh, I lost. Oh, whatever. All right. Man, it, it is late. It is fucking late. All right. We need to go on to the next thing. And that next thing is the end of the show. Oh. Boo. Oh. Yeah, I'm not even going to press the buttons. So let's start with. We don't do that. Let's start with Ty. What do you got to plug? All right. As always, keep right, keep rating, keep subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please check me out on my music blog, tyrockcity.wordpress.com. Also, if you want to look at some very beautiful pictures that I take on my spare time, go to my Gorgeous. photography Instagram at uh, ty underscore rockcityphotography. It's all bands, live shows, and outdoor shenanigans. So. Keep rating, keep listening, keep promoting the show. You never know what we have coming out. And expect nothing less. Guys, we love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like Ty said, please just rate us. Let us know how we're doing. We got Twitters, Facebooks, Instagrams. We're, you know, we're like, well, at least Ian and Ty. We're like those old people that stick around social media with the youngins and see what they think of us. It's kind of like that. Yeah, just let us know what you think. You know, if you hate us, whether you like us, you know, we like that kind of stuff. It makes us feel good. You know, we don't really have much to live for nowadays. So we want to know how good we're doing or how bad we're doing. So if you could just help out with that, we would so much appreciate it. And thank you very much for listening. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, and keep using the hashtag haters on your promotions. Absolutely. Yes. But I have to disagree with Jackson for one thing. I don't give a shit what any of you guys think. (laughs) I do not care 
what anyone who listens to this show thinks. I got my life threatened again for the movie show. Yeah, so I don't oh. give a shit. <laughs> I do not give a shit. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I do like to hear feedback too. But in general, like you're not going to change my mind the same way I'm not going to change your mind on something. But I do love to hear it. But the last time I did get in a debate with someone, they did threaten my life. So, you know. True. Yeah. That does that does happen apparently with this podcast. I don't know why, but it does. Movies, man. I know. It's always movies. But thank you all for listening. Thank you all, you haters. Much, much appreciated. Remember, you can interact with the show, Instagram and Twitter. It's Ian Hates Podcast at Ian Hates Podcast. You can also email me, Ian Hates at gmail.com. You can also stream and download every single episode of Ian Hates Music and Ian Hates Movies on www.ianhates.com. You can also interact on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ian Hates. We have a bunch of awesome stuff coming up. We have our conversation with Hajira coming up as well very, very soon as well as some other surprises on the way. But Hajira has been great about promoting it on Facebook and on Twitter, so I'm sure you're already aware. It's not really a surprise anymore. But they have that great album, The Sentinel, that you guys should go ahead and check out. But you'll also get a little bit more in-depth in the conversation that I have with them. And then, like I said, more surprises on the way. So just like Jackson and Ty said, one of the main things is if you can rate us, share us, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, any of your favorite podcast listening apps, especially the iTunes one, that really, really helps. But I think that's all set. Stay jamming and rest easy. And don't listen to Ian when he talks shit about Cold World. Editing that out. (laughs) (laughs) And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.